Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Cornerstone family, make some noise wherever you're at. If you're grateful to be worshiping today, man, thank you to our worship team for doing such an incredible job of leading us in worship to start off today. Hey, I haven't done this in a while. I want a little uh, uh, check on where you're watching at. Where are you watching at? Put, put it in the chat below in the comments. Let us know where, uh, where you're at. We have people all over watching us. It's crazy. People all over the U.S., people all over the world. It's so, so cool. Awesome thing. So I want to see where you're watching at today. Well, man, I, I love this time of year. I love this time of year. Football's back. Football's back. The leaves are changing. They're crunchy. They're falling off. There, there's pumpkin everywhere. It's, it's, yeah, it's in everything. It's literally in everything. There's like pumpkin potato chips. Like they just pumpkin flavored everything. I love it. It's fall. I love everything about fall. It's my favorite season, I, I, but summer's right there. It's right there, but fall is number one for me. It sits on the throne. I love, love fall, um, and I love all things about fall. And yes, that includes Hashtag spooky season. I love, I love spooky season. I love it. I love Halloween. I love this time of year. I love everything that comes about it. Real quick, let me just kind of lay out for you because you might be wondering, we're doing a series called How to Survive a Horror Movie, right? And it's getting close to Halloween. If you've wondered where Cornerstone stands on Halloween, because that's like kind of a touchy topic with a lot of Christians, a lot of churches where we stand on it. Um, let me summarize our stance as a church on Halloween in three words, okay? Um, Jesus is Lord. That's it. Yeah, period. That's it. That's it. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord every single day of the year. There's not a day that exists on the calendar that doesn't belong to him. So whenever you hear people say it's the devil's day, no, we, we don't play by that. <laughs> we don't play by that. Jesus is Lord of all. Scripture tells us the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so we believe everything belongs to Jesus. Everything belongs to him. And so, yes, we can celebrate Halloween. We can have fun. We can do all those things and not be worshiping the devil at the same time, right? <laughs> Just like we can celebrate Christmas and buy gifts and not be worshiping consumerism right? Those two things can coexist. God's big enough for both. And we believe that with Halloween. So we will do a series called How to Survive a Horror Movie, and we will have fun with Halloween, right? And not just that, we will leverage it. Like we'll talk about it because you know who else is talking about Halloween? Everybody, like everybody, everybody talks about it this time of year, right? It's, it's one of the biggest holidays of the year. It's one of the biggest things that people talk about. Honestly, I mean, when did you see Halloween decorations start coming into stores? They started selling candy in like July. <laughs> it's crazy. So for us to just completely ignore something for months on end, it's not how it's going to be. We're going to talk about it. We're going to leverage it because the world's talking about it. And it's important. It's important. And another thing that the world talks about that's important to them, and it's part of what we're talking about in this series, is movies, right? We're talking about scary movies and horror movies, and why are we talking about movies? Well, movies, honestly, they're like modern-day parables, right? Like Jesus, whenever he spoke, he, he would teach a lot of times in parables and in stories. And what he was doing by teaching in stories is he was using them to illustrate a point at a greater depth than he could by just speaking the truth, right? He was kind of using these stories and pulling the truth out of them. And that's what we can do with a lot of movies, with a lot of like television shows. We can pull the truth out of them and that's what we're gonna do. We can even pull the truth 
out of horror movies, <laughs> even out of scary movies. There's some good stuff in some of these movies that we can pull out, that we can see truth, and that we can use. In fact, this series, this series that we're going to be focusing on, How to Survive a Horror Movie, this came from a scary movie. I wonder, does anyone know? Well, maybe in the, put it in the comments. Scream! Yep, absolutely. We got Robbie over here. Robbie got that one. Scream. That's exactly what it is from. So if you've ever seen the 1996 classic Scream, <laughs> it's a great, great uh, movie. That movie... Um, which, yeah, like, I'm, I know I'm a pastor. It's a judgment-free zone today, okay? It's a judgment-free zone. Um, but that movie, it's so good. And there's a scene, and there's a guy, uh, his name is Randy. He, he works at a video store, and, um, uh, hold on, video store. To people who are 21 and younger, a video store <laughs> is this place that we used to go to rent movies. Like, it's a very novel idea, right? It's this thing that we used to go to. Uh, and his character in the movie, he works at a video store. Like, he works at one of these, and so he's a movie aficionado, right? He's a film buff, specifically of horror movies. So there's a scene in the movie where uh, he's at, like, a big house party. They're watching a movie. Uh, I can't remember which one. I think it might be Halloween. But they're watching a horror movie, and someone says, I'll be right back. And he goes, oh, he's dead. He's dead. And they're like, oh, don't ruin it for us. He's like, no, I'm not ruining anything. Like, there are rules to horror movies. And you know if someone violates them, they're done. They're toast. And he's like, this guy just broke one of them. He said, I'll be right back you know he's not. <laughs> like you just, you know he ain't coming back and sure enough, the person doesn't, right? He, he starts then outlining Randy's rules for surviving a scary movie. And I remember always thinking like, man, I feel like that would be a good series to like talk on. I feel like that's a good thing to speak on because that's kind of true about life. It's kind of true about life. God has created our world. He's created uh, the creation with certain rules, with certain uh, uh, orders and rules that if we go against them, if we violate them, there's a good chance we're gonna wind up dead. <laughs> we're gonna wind up dead. I'm not talking physically dead. I'm talking spiritually dead. Dead in our relationships with dead habits that lead to a dead end life. So that's why we're gonna be talking about how we can survive a scary movie. Who feels like life has been a tad bit of a horror movie recently? You're right. Every, you put your hand up at home because you know you've been feeling that. You know you've been feeling that. If 2020 was a genre, it would be like a horror comedy, right? It would be a horror comedy because it's been so terrible and so terrifying in certain moments that you can't do anything but laugh, right? Some of the stuff that we've been dealing with, some of the stuff that's been going on, it's been crazy. I'm going to send a chill down every parent's spine with just two words right now, homeschool. <laughs> right? That's just, whew, it's scary. It's scary trying to navigate working a full-time job while having kids at home and they're distance learning and you're trying to homeschool. That's, that's hard. That's very hard. Um, uh, it, it's, it's hard getting online anymore and seeing people's political posts. My goodness, man, it's like every post is something terrible about the world's ending and this election has literally everything riding on it. And if Biden gets in, we're all gonna die. And if Trump gets in, we're all gonna die. And it's like, man, this is scary. Like it makes you wanna log off. And then on top of all of this, as if all of that stuff isn't scary enough, we've got all the rumors and the reports that we're gonna have another COVID spike in the fall. Well, guess what? It's fall, <laughs> like it's fall. And so that's scary. And you're like, oh, great. Well, now maybe I missed it the first time and loved ones missed it the first time. Are we gonna get sick now and in the fall and winter? Are things gonna get really bad again? That is scary. That's scary. I mean, the words that define a scary movie, the words that define a horror movie are uh, you know, suspense, tension, 
conflict, fear, uncertainty. And if that is not our life, I don't know what is. That's me. That's what I've been going through. I've been feeling all of those things, sometimes on the same day, right? All, all on the same day, feeling like, man, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? What, what, what do we do in this situation? Things have been tough. It's kind of like, well, yeah, I, I got the role, but I'm, I'm in a horror movie. <laughs> like, yeah, this is, this is great. I'm alive and things are good, but I'm in a horror movie. Like, yeah, we're here. We're, we're breathing, but 2020 has been a horror movie. But the good news, and there is good news, is that you and I, we can survive. We can. We can make it. We can make it to the other side of this thing. And that's what we're going to be talking about, not just today, but through the rest of this series. One of the things we're going to be doing is we're going to be focusing this series not just around horror movies, but also around the book of Daniel. We're going to be focusing on the book of Daniel, all five of the weeks of this series, uh, a different story from each aspect of that book. Um, And uh, today we're going to be in Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. But before we go there, if you would, bow your heads with me and let's play real quick, okay? Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless my words today. Bless this teaching. Help it to be from you, God. Help the words that I speak to not be my own, but to be yours so that we could hear them, that we could get the truth out of them, and that we could apply them in our lives so that we could see our lives not resemble a horror movie, but resemble everything you want it to be as we walk in your word and as we walk in your truth. We love you, Father, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, today's title, if you're a note taker, is Listen to the Old Timer. Listen to the Old Timer. Now, if you're a horror movie aficionado, you probably already know where I'm going with this. Every single horror movie, (laughs) every single one has an old timer who's telling people, oh, you're going to the old McCreary house. I don't know if I'd go up that way, right? Like it's got an old timer. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got like a keep out sign. It's got a warning sign. It's got a scared girlfriend who's like, should we really go? I've heard bad things about that place. Or it's got a scared friend who's like, I don't know, man. It looks pretty sketchy to me. Like every single horror movie ever has an old timer, has a warning sign, has someone saying, hey, I would be careful if I were you. Probably one of the like, best examples of this is uh, Blair Witch Project. That one, that's the whole basis of it, is that there's this, if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, it's been out since like the mid-90s. You don't get a spoiler warning, right? Um, but that whole movie, the whole premise of it is that there's a legend of this, the Blair Witch that like haunts the woods uh, of somewhere in like Maryland, and these people go to do a documentary on it, and they can completely ignore all the warnings. The people who live in the town nearby are like, oh, it may not be as much of a legend as you think it is. And so they just completely blow by all of those people, ignore all of the warnings, go anyways, and of course, meet their doom. <laughs> like it does not go good for them. Um, and as you're watching movies, not just like the Blair Witch, but any scary movie, you're seeing all these people go through these terrible things and you're like, I feel bad for them. <laughs> like I feel, I feel bad for these people, these poor unsuspecting people, but then you have that moment where you're like, well, hold up. Are they really unsuspecting? Like, are they really, are they really unsuspecting? Because I remember what the old timer said. I remember the sign they pushed out of the way to get in the door. Like, I remember all the things that they did to get there, right? So are they really that unsuspecting? Maybe they could have avoided what they're in. Like, I'm sorry that you're being chased by a killer, but maybe a killer wouldn't be chasing you if you would have listened to the old timer. And I think about that, and I'm like, is, is that us? Is that us? 
How many of us, how many of you, come on, be honest with yourself, how many of us right now are in the midst of a horror movie that could have been avoided? We're in the midst of a horror movie that could have been avoided. Now, that's what we're going to be looking at today as we're in Daniel chapter 5. I just want to give a little bit of an intro and background. I'll try to make this uh, relatively quick. So the book of Daniel, what it is, is it's written by the uh, man of the same name, Daniel. He's a follower of God. He's a man who was a Hebrew. Uh, He lived in the 6th century. Uh, And the book is kind of divided into two parts. So the first half of Daniel is all about uh, his, his life. It's like a historical narrative, the first half. The second half is all visions that God gave him about things that were coming to pass in the future. So those are all great, but we're not going to be focusing on any of those visions or anything like that throughout this series. We're going to be sticking strictly to the first half of Daniel and the accounts uh, of his life. So Daniel, he lives, uh, he's a Hebrew, he lives in the nation of Israel at the time that Israel is conquered by the Babylonian Empire. So up until this point, Israel has been its own nation from the time that they left Egypt, right, which we just talked about in the last series. They left Egypt, they go into the promised land, they've been their own nation from that time up until now, when they are conquered by the Babylonian Empire. And what Babylon does, this is actually very smart, this is very smart, what they do uh, is they go in, they conquer these countries, and then they decide, you know what, we're going to look for this country's best and brightest people and we're going to take them. <laughs> we're going to take them. We're going to train them. We're going to groom them. We're going to make them so they can be uh, uh, higher ups in our government and our administration. So we're pulling from the best from everybody that we see and conquer. Well, Daniel and a couple of his friends were some of the best and brightest from the nation of Israel. So we see in Daniel chapter 1, uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, which that's a name for you, right? <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonians, he, he has them taken and he takes Daniel and his friends and they start grooming them. Uh, and actually they rise through the ranks. Daniel becomes one of the king's most trusted advisors, uh, all while still remaining loyal to God, while still following God and following the Lord this whole time. And so Daniel, through the first couple chapters, he serves as a higher up in the administration of King Nebuchadnezzar until the end of chapter four, when the king dies. The king dies, and then years pass, years pass, they go on. There's different rulers that come and go through the Babylonian empire until we get to Daniel chapter five, and we have a new king on the throne, King Belshazzar, King Belshazzar. And that's where we're going to pick up. And what we're going to do today, we're going to pour through this entire chapter. So if you can find Daniel chapter 5, maybe open up a tab on your computer and go to uh, uh, Google and type a search for Daniel 5, uh, you can walk right through us. I kind of threw our tech team for a loop. I was like, hey, I'm actually going to be reading all 31 verses today. (laughs) And so we don't have the verses up on the screen. That's on me. But if you want to follow along, you can do that. Just go to Google. Do that search and you can follow along with me. So we're going to be starting in verse 1, Daniel chapter 5, verse 1. This is what it says. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and he drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and the silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the kings and the nobles, his wives and concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Now, here's something I really want to point out here, okay? So King Belshazzar, 
throwing this big party, right? He's throwing this big party in the city of Babylon. He's, he's like going all out. He's bringing out the gold goblets, the, the stuff that they took from Jerusalem, that they took from the nation of Israel whenever they took them over. Uh, they're, they're drinking from goblets that were used in temple ceremonies to, to worship God. They're just going all out, having this crazy, crazy party. All the while, an enemy army is surrounding the city of Babylon. And here's the crazy thing. King Belshazzar knows it. He's aware of this. History tells us, we don't see it in scripture, but history tells us that Belshazzar has actually already fought this army. This is the Persian army. He's already fought them and lost, returned back to the city, knowing that, hey, we can, we can survive for a long time here. We're gonna be good. He returns back to the city and he knows that this enemy army has him surrounded and he still throws a great banquet for a, him and a thousand of his friends in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this craziness. He's just flaunting it. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading this, I'm like, man, how many times in my life have I had like wise counsel given to me? Have I had someone trying to tell me something or trying to give me a warning, trying to point something out? And not only do I ignore their advice, I like flaunt what I'm gonna do, right? Like not only do I not do what they tell me to do or like not do what their counsel would suggest, I don't just do the opposite, I go way far on doing the opposite. And you know what I'm talking about because it's the same thing whenever it's like, oh, you don't like who I'm dating? Oh, well, guess what? We're moving in together. (laughs) Oh, you don't think I should be dating them anymore. What are you gonna do whenever I move in with them next week? We don't just ignore it. We flaunt it. (laughs) We don't just ignore the wise counsel. We go crazy. It's the people in the movies, these scary movies. They don't just ignore the warning to go to the cabin in the woods. Once they get there, they throw a house party. Like once they get there, they go crazy. They go buck wild at the place, completely ignoring it. Oh, you don't like the friends I'm gonna hang out with? Okay, not only am I gonna still hang out with them, they're gonna be the only friends I hang out with, right? How do you like that now? Oh, you you don't like the amount that I drink. Well, wait until you see what I'm going to drink tonight. We don't just ignore it, we flaunt it. We have a little bit of King Belshazzar's attitude in us where we have wise counsel, we have warnings, we have things that we should be listening to, that we should be heeding, and not only do we ignore it, we ignore it and we flaunt the fact that we're not gonna listen. This is how it continues. So the party's raging. Verse five, listen to this. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and they wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. If that does not sound like that was lifted out of the script of a horror movie, I don't know what does, right? They are just sitting at this party. They're having a good time. They're throwing back drinks. And all of a sudden, a disembodied hand appears, starts writing on the wall. And the king is so petrified, it says his knees started knocking. His knees started knocking. His face became pale. This right here, this is the moment and every horror movie has one of these. Horror movies, they always start off okay. Like there may be a crazy scene at the beginning, but the first like 15 to 20 minutes is like the exposition. They're telling you who these people are and you're getting to know them and it's everyone's hanging out at college and it's the last day of fall semester and everyone's getting ready to leave and go home and they're all talking and you're like, oh, this is pretty chill. And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, oh shoot. (laughs) Like, it's about to get real. Like, it is about to get real. Something moves, right? Or like, you see the killer walk by in the background. You're like, oh, okay, all right. Now the movie's starting, right? Like, here we go. That's what that moment was for King Belshazzar. 
Everything was good, everything was lighthearted, everything was up and to the right, and then suddenly, a disembodied hand starts writing on the wall and he realizes the good times are coming to an end. He realizes, whoa, okay, this is that moment. This is the scary movie moment where everything is about to get flipped on its head. Everything is about to change. You and I, we have those moments too where we've been able to scoot by in life without listening to wise counsel, without heeding people's warnings. We've been able to do okay. We've been doing okay with our money. We're not doing great, but I, I know I should budget. I know I should do all this different stuff. No, 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 You keep putting it off until all of a sudden you go to make a payment. You're at Target and you see that card gets declined and you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> crap. And you realize that's my hand on the wall moment. Like I may have been running from budgeting. I may have been running from honoring God with my finances, but this has finally caught up to me. This has finally caught up to me. You may be in a relationship where you've, you've not been putting into it like you should. You haven't been honoring God in it like you should. You haven't been honoring the other person. And you think, you know what? Well, things are fine. This is just kind of how we are until you get that text. We need to talk. Whew. <laughs> like, okay, it's my hand on the wall moment. Things are suddenly about to get real. We all have those moments from time to time. And King Belshazzar had his, when that hand appeared, started writing on the wall and it frightened him so bad, his face turned pale. This is what it says, continuing in verse seven. So this starts happening. So the king summons the enchanters, the astrologers, the diviners. He brings all of them in and he says to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing, and tells me what it means, will be clothed in purple and will have a, <clears throat> a gold chain placed around their neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified and his face grew more pale. His nobles were completely baffled. They were baffled. I want to ask you something. I want you to put this in the chat. Who has my ear? Who has my ear? Who has my ear? Who do I allow to speak into your life? Put that in the chat. Who has my ear? A ask yourself that. Who has, who has my ear? Because we know who had King Belshazzar's ear, right? We know who was being able to speak into his life. I know, I'll answer it. In my life, it, my mom has my ear. Like whatever, whenever she talks, I listen. Whenever she gives advice, I listen. My dad, when he was alive, he, had, he still has my ear, right? With the advice he gave me, he gave me so much over the years, so much wise counsel. He has my ear. My wife, Jessica, she has my ear. When she talks, I listen. Whenever she speaks, I take it into account. I listen to her counsel. I listen to her advice. King Belshazzar, who had his ear? Well, the enchanters, the astrologers, in those days, that's, that's the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the world had his ear. What the world thought was wise, what the world thought was good, what the world thought was smart, that had his ear. And we also see that he asked all the king's wise men, his wise men, his buddies, his friends, they had his ear. His buddies, his yes men, his people who were, oh, most glorious king. I don't know what it says, but I'm sure it's good. <laughs> I'm sure it's good because you're the man. It couldn't be anything bad, right? Those were the people who had his ear. Who has your ear? I'm telling you right now, if you want to avoid a horror movie moment in your life, check who has your ear. Check who is able to speak into your life and who you are accepting counsel from. Because I promise you, if you're finding yourself time and time again in horror movie moments, it's because you have not checked who has your ear. Who are you listening to? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Because I will tell you this right now, none of them are going to be able to make sense of it. 
if the people who are speaking to your life are not godly people, it's not coming from a godly place of wisdom, you're gonna have the same reaction, you're gonna have the same turnout that they had here. No one could read the writing or tell the king what it meant. You go to people and you ask them, hey, I need advice, what's going on in my life, I need help, and they're not giving you godly wisdom, they're, they're speaking out of ignorance. They don't even know what they're saying. The only way to find wisdom in life is through God, God alone. King Belshazzar, unfortunately, is learning that the hard way. Verse 10 continues, the queen. So at this moment, he's freaking out. He is freaking out. There's words that appeared from a hand that was disembodied. No one can tell him what it meant. He's, he's losing his mind. He's in a horror movie right now. And then all of a sudden, his queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, which Nebuchadnezzar wasn't actually Belshazzar's father, he was just his predecessor. That's how uh, in this time, in this culture, that's what they would say is that your father is like your predecessor. Um, your father, King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians. He did this because Daniel was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dream, uh, dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you what the writing means. Now, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience. I've had this happen to me numerous times throughout this pandemic. Um, this actually just happened not too long, uh, too long ago to me too. So I was getting ready, got ready, left the house. Uh, and as I'm like getting ready to pull in where I needed to go, realize I didn't have my mask. And you're like, <sighs> so you get back in the car and you're like, well, I hadn't even gotten out. I, luckily I had turned around. I'm like, man, but I turned around cause I was gonna be late. So I'm like sprinting home as quickly as I can under the speed limit, right? Cause pastors don't speed. We, we, we listen to all posted speed limits. <laughs> so I'm getting home as fast as I can. Uh, I get out of my car run inside, grab my mask. And as I come back, I like open my door and I look, the mask that I thought I had forgotten was sitting in my driver's seat. I was just sitting on it and I didn't know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like uh, all this time that I wasted driving back, freaking myself out, like about being late now and all of this stuff, I could have completely avoided it because I had the mask the whole time. Like I had the mask the whole time. Belshazzar, this whole time, this whole time, this entire time he's been king, the entire time he's been reigning and leading Babylon, he has had Daniel. He has had Daniel in his administration, a man who has insight, who has knowledge from God himself, and he never used him. Never used him. Had insight to God's counsel, to God's ear, to God's mouth, to God's word. Had access to all of that and either forgot or didn't care. He had it the whole time. Had it the whole time, but he didn't use it. It's like when you're watching scary movies and, and the person like forgets until the third act. Oh, I have a cell phone. I have a cell Like, how did you forget you have a cell phone? Call somebody. Like, how did you, how did you forget that? Put it to use. Belshazzar finds himself in this terrifying moment, this horror movie moment, and he's got Daniel. <laughs> He's got Daniel. He's had Daniel this whole time. He's had access to God. He's had access to a holy man who could give him insight, who could give him counsel, who could give him warnings, who could tell him what God's direction is, and he never used him. And not only did he not use him, he was finally his last resort. 
He brought everybody else in. He tried to read it. He tried to have enchanters read it and astrologers read it and diviners read it. And he brought everybody in. He's probably having the cupbearers be like, you, can you make sense of that? Do you know what that is? And then the last person is like, oh, okay, yeah, let's bring in Daniel. Let's see if he can do it. And it seems crazy to us, but who are we? Who are we? We're the people who find ourselves in horror movie moments. We try everything under the sun. And then what's the last thing we say? Well, all we can do now is pray. (laughs) All we can do now is pray. I guess all we can do is pray. Are you kidding me? All we can do is pray. I love it. Pastor Craig Rochelle says, prayer is not our last line of defense. It's our first line of offense. It's the first thing we should be doing. It is the very first thing that we should be doing whenever we find ourselves in horror movie moments. And honestly, if we want to avoid those moments, it's what we need to be doing before we even get in them. We have got to be getting God's ear. We've got to be seeking him out. Seek out the Daniels in your life. Don't forget that they're there. Don't neglect to use them. Seek out godly wisdom. All we can do is pray. That's a joke. (laughs) We get to pray. We get to pray. We get access to God. And again, unfortunately, King Belshazzar did not understand that. And I'm going to just tell you right now, this is a tragedy. This is not, uh, this is one of those, which again, a lot of horror movies, they don't end with a, not ending the theater going, well, that was the feel-good family film of the year. That's what that was. That was awesome. You leave going like, well, shoot, whew, that was tough. That was a tough ending, right? And that's kind of what we see happen here. This is a horror movie playing out. So he completely forgets that he has Daniel, but calls for him. Verse 13. So Jan- Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king brought from Judah? I've heard that the spirit of the gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. Are you Daniel? Are you Daniel? Man, this part, I'm got to tell you, whenever I was reading this section of scripture, this one hit me so hard, this moment, whenever Daniel comes in and King Belshazzar says to him, are you Daniel, the one who the spirits of the living God lives in? And the reason it hit me so hard is because I'm like, man, King Belshazzar, (laughs) he is so unfamiliar with God's presence, he can't even recognize it when he's in it. He had to ask, are are you Daniel? They told me they were bringing someone who the spirit of the living God resides in, and is it you? He was so unfamiliar with God's presence. He was so unfamiliar with God's truth and God's wisdom that when it hit him in the face, when it was standing right in front of him, he still had to ask a clarifying question of, is this it? Is this it? Man, some of us, we're out here going, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? What does God want me to do with my life? And the reason you're wondering that is because you are so unfamiliar with his voice, you don't know when he's calling to you. You're so unfamiliar with what it looks like. You can't recognize it. It's not God being mysterious and, oh, man, he's trying to trick me. He's presenting all these doors for me. You just don't know what he looks like. You're asking what Belshazzar asked. Are, are you, Daniel? <laughs> is, is this God? Is this God's truth? Is this what I should be listening to? I want to tell you if that's you, if you're feeling like, if you have multiple areas in your life where you're going, God, what do you want me to do here? I don't, I don't know what you're wanting me to do. If that is you, I want to tell you, get into the word. Get into the word every single day. Start getting into it. Read even just a little bit if you need to. Do whatever you can to start becoming familiar with him again. Start doing whatever you can so God's voice isn't such a stranger to you that whenever it does come and you do hear it and you do see his direction, you're like constantly asking yourself, is this it? 
Is this it? Is this actually God? Are you Daniel? God, is that actually you telling me to do this? Get into the word, get familiar with God's voice again. So he says that to Daniel, then it picks up again in verse 15. He's telling Daniel, the the, the wise men, the enchanters, they were brought in before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and you can tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and you will have a gold chain placed around your neck. I think I've seen that guy. I think I've seen someone walking around like that. Clothed in purple and a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Daniel replies to the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself, give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. And so Daniel's about to dive in and tell the king exactly what was written on the wall. He says, your majesty, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and the peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. Those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart was arrogant and hardened with pride, he was disposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. So God did that to him. God did that to him, and we read about that in Daniel chapter four. He was taken from his authority uh, until he was able to acknowledge God and who God was and that God alone was sovereign. Verse 22, but you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all of this. And there it is. You knew it. (laughs) You knew it. What I just recounted for you, you are no stranger to this information. You've heard this before. You knew this information. You had an old timer telling you what was going on and what to look out for and make sure that you don't do this. You had warning signs. You had keep out signs. You had stuff all over the place telling you don't go to the cabin in the woods. Avoid the the haunted mansion. Like you had all of these things everywhere and you ignored them. You knew all this. You knew it and you ignored it. You see, this was a horror movie of his own making. This was a horror movie of his own making. And that is true for us. It's not just true for Belshazzar. It's true for us more often than not. The horror movie moments we find ourselves in, they're our own making. They're our own making. Why don't you put that in the chat? If you agree with that, if you believe that, say, I'm the director. <laughs> I'm the director. I'm the director. I'm the playwright. Like, I'm the one. I'm the screenwriter. I, uh, yeah, sure. There are things in life. I don't mean to downplay these. There are terrible moments in life, tragedies. There are diagnoses. There are drunk drivers. There are things that happen to you that you could not prevent. I am not belittling or downplaying any of that. But about 99.9% of our lives are defined by our choices, by our reactions, by our words, by our thoughts, what we do. And so yes, more often than not, way more often than not, the horror movie moments we find ourselves in, it's because of us. It's because of us. And more often than not, the reason we are in them is because we ignored warnings. We ignored the old timer. We ignored the the scared friend. We ignored the people who were trying to tell us, there's danger, that place is haunted, you're gonna get killed if you go there, don't do it. That relationship is bad news. Man, don't take a job that would take you out of your relationship with God. Don't do these things, don't do these things. And we 
ignore them. They're horror movies of our own making. And that's what Belshazzar found himself in. And Daniel points that out. You knew all of this. Verse 23, instead, Belshazzar, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. That is not something you want to hear said about yourself. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you. And you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze and iron, wood and stone. Gods which cannot see, gods which cannot hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all of your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is this inscription that was written. God has numbered your days of your reign and he has brought them to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and to the Persians. You see, one of the most heartbreaking things is, and I imagine in this moment, Belshazzar may have not even fully realized it himself. The writing on the wall, a lot of times whenever we hear that, we think like, oh, the writing on the wall, it's a, it's a warning, it's a warning. Look out, it's a warning. The writing on the wall wasn't a warning. It was a sentence. It was a sentence. The warnings had come and they had gone. This was not a warning anymore. This was telling him because of your actions, because of the way you've lived your life, because of the times that you were told to do something and you didn't do it, because of the times you were told, hey, I would avoid going down this path and you completely and utterly ignored it. Because of that, this is not a warning. This is a sentence. This is the bed you have made and it is now time for you to lay in it. <laughs> Me and my wife, Jessica, we experienced this a few years ago whenever we were trying to plant our church up in Cleveland and we were going through an incredibly hard financial time, like very hard financial time, um, trying to keep the church afloat. And we actually had, we had uh, a credit card that we had like owed a ton of money on, which it wasn't crazy. It wasn't like a, a, a huge amount, but we owed money on it. And we had, we just, we, whenever I say we didn't have the money to pay, I literally mean like, we just didn't have the money to pay it. We just didn't. And someone had given us, and I, I won't say any names to uh, spare the guilty, <laughs> but someone had given us advice saying, just don't respond to any, if they try to like contact you, just don't respond. They just kind of like write that stuff off. And we're like, really? Are you sure? Like, yeah, just don't even worry about it. So we're like, okay, okay, we won't. And so we've got letters and we're like, okay, let's just pitch that letter. I guess this is, I guess this is it. And then we didn't hear from them for like a couple of years. And I'm like, that worked. Like how in the world, that works? Like that works? I still kind of feel bad because like, well, we did pay that money. I, did, I feel kind of guilty that we're not paying it off, but what, what in the world's happening here? All of a sudden, we get a letter in the mail, and as it comes in, I notice that the, the, like, it's very thick, it's very weighty, and it's from a court. Oh, that's interesting. Open it up. It was a subpoena to come to court <laughs> to pay off this bill. Just, I was like, my hands, as I'm reading it, was like, <laughs> I was Belshazzar, man. My face turned pale. My knees started knocking. I'm like, what is, I'm going to prison. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to prison. And uh, we got it all worked out, right? We, we got it all worked out. We set up a payment plan and got everything paid. We explained it to them. They actually thought it was funny. We thought it was funny too. Once we realized like we weren't going to have to go to court. We're like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun, right? <laughs> um, but that all happens and it's, it's, it's crazy, right? And what I kind of realized is there was a day where the warnings stopped, <laughs> right? 
the warnings just stopped and eventually it was like, no, 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 you're not getting a warning anymore. These aren't warning letters saying like, final notice, pay bill, final notice, pay bill. Eventually a sentence came. It was like, no, you've had your opportunity. This is it. Pay or jail. (laughs) Pay or we're going to just take the money out of your account. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Eventually there came a time where there was no options left. The bill came due. That's what happened to Belshazzar. Eventually there was a point in his life where there were no more warnings. There was no more warnings. And the writing on the wall sadly was not a warning for him. It was a sentence of what was coming. Verse 29, then at Belshazzar's command, so Daniel tells him what this means. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Verse 30, that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was killed. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Even though Belshazzar realized the truth of what Daniel was saying, he realized the truth of his counsel, of his wisdom. He he put the chain on him, gave him the purple robe, made him third highest in the kingdom. He did all the right things, right? He did all the good things. He still died. He was still killed. It was too late. Because the thing is, decisions do have consequences. They just do. Decisions and actions have consequences. Scary movies, man, every scary movie has that moment where people think like, I, I, wish, I-, I wish I could go back. I wish I wouldn't have opened that door. I wish I wouldn't have got on the plane. I wish I wouldn't have done this. And, and they're freaking out. They're like, I wish, I wish, I wish. But you can't. There are some things, there are some decisions that once you push it far enough, it gets to a point where there's no more warnings. It's just a sense. And so what I wanna say to you in these last moments is what are the areas that you have been ignoring the wise counsel? What are the areas where you have been ignoring wise counsel? You've been ignoring the keep out signs. You've been ignoring the old timer. Whatever those areas are, man, seek it out. Look for the counsel ask for the counsel. That's what home church is for. That's what starting all these home churches is for. That's what C groups are for, for you to get around people and to seek counsel from people, to seek wisdom from people, to seek help from people. So you're not doing life alone. That was never what God intended. We need to seek out the warnings, seek out the help, start today. And if you're someone who you've already done it, you're, you're, already, you're like, hey, look, I've actually ignored the warning so long that I'm in the, the writing on the wall part now where like the, the, the bill is due and you feel like it's too late, I do want to say, yes, in some areas you will have consequences depending on what you've done. But with Jesus, it's never too late. With Jesus, it's never too late. One of the, and this is what I'll say in closing, one of the things that I love whenever you have scary movies is, uh, you know, it'll be terrifying. And then at the very end, like the last five minutes, the person wakes up. Like, it was a dream. This is a dream, and it just completely negates everything that just happened. Some people hate those endings because they're like, oh, it feels like this is all pointless then. I don't. I don't. I love it. I love what that represents, that you can go through some horror movie moments. You can go through moments that you think you're about to die. You can do things that you feel like, God will never forgive me. I can't come back from this. I ignored wise counsel. I can't come back. But with Jesus, it's never too late. It's never too late. We serve a never too late God, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. Yes, you may have some consequences to pay in relationships and you may have to seek out uh, restitution with people and reconciliation, but with Jesus, it is never too late. I wanna pray with you, all right? Father God, we thank you for your wise counsel. We thank you that no matter what moments we're going through in our life, that we can know uh, you're walking with us, 
that you don't just send us blindly down a path and we don't know if we're gonna end up uh, in a haunted cabin or if we're gonna end up in a terrifying situation. But we know that along that way, you are going to set up speed bumps. You're gonna give us old timers. You're gonna give us warnings. You're not just gonna send us down a path to destruction. You're going to try to win us back. And so God, what I ask, not just over me, but over everyone listening today, is that we would heed those warnings. That in areas of our life where we are getting off track and we're heading towards disaster and destruction, that God, your Holy Spirit, and that the people you've put into our life would help us steer back onto your course for our life so that we could avoid those horror movie moments and instead live a life to the full, the life that you intended. And God, if you do that, we will give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise that you and you alone deserve. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us today. Man, be back here next week as we continue this series. Uh, We're going to be continuing this for the next, uh, after today, four weeks, all the way up through the end of October. So be here, invite friends, family, coworkers, uh, uh, post this on, uh, share this post on your own timeline so people can see it and worship with us. Um, Don't don't keep this to yourself. Don't keep what God is doing in your life to yourself. Share it with the people around you and see what he can do through you. So make sure you do that. And if you are taking a step today. You're, you're deciding, you know what? I'm going to start seeking out counsel in my life. The very first thing you can do is seek out counsel here at Cornerstone. You can contact us at Journey Starting Point. You can uh, join in with that. Uh, we will get hooked up with you. We'll let you know what your next steps look like. We'll give you counsel. We'll give you advice. We'll, we'll help you as you navigate your walk with Jesus. So please make sure you do that. The host will be uh, posting that in the comments section below. And again, be back here next week. Can't wait to worship with you again. Sunday is my favorite day of the week. I love it. I love it. Uh, again, thank you for being here. You can now stand wherever you're at and receive the blessing of the Lord. May Jesus Christ, our God and our King forever, be with you this day and every day. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.